we have been sharing together in the last two sessions key elements about the meaning, purpose, and the way of approaching and absorbing the teachings of the Quran. This is the third talk in the series of 14 talks that will encompass most of the key aspects that we Muslims and any human being who wants to truly get connected to the zone of the unseen, to the light of the Creator, and accept also the limitations and the boundaries in creation so that we journey safely in this world from the unseen from which we came to the unseen and unknown of after death. Today's talk is going to be the key of it all, the center of it all, the essence of it all, Allah Azza wa Jal. Where is Allah? Who is Allah? How can we access that which we believe is beyond time, beyond space, and yet have created everything in existence and has programmed everything in existence as the Quran tells us? What are we who consider ourselves being individual, different, having a biography, having a genealogy. Each one of us have got a different genetic imprint. We have a lot in common, but we are also different. Each one of us have come alone and we leave this world alone. We have much that we see within each other as being resonating in commonness and in desire of the right thing happiness, contentment, goodness, and yet every instant, every one of us is different to what we were in an instant before. So where is Allah in all of this? So the Quran gives us ample way of imagining, ample way of looking at what we consider to be tashbih. Because there are these two key elements which you need to always remember. There is tashbih, similarities, and there is tajreed, there is incomparability. We have in the Quran repeatedly examples where you think Allah is like this or like that. Allah Himself tells us in the Quran Allahu nuru samawati wal ard, mathalihi kamish, etc. and so on, and so many other things. Then Allah sat on the throne. So this is tashbih. It's giving us some, some sort of an imagination that we can say, oh, well then this is what it is. Then there is tajreed. There is nothing ever like Allah. So that is the meaning of ahadiyya. He is the unique one. You cannot compare Allah to anything else that we human beings and created entities can ever imagine. We need to reconcile these two key aspects. So we have from the Quran 
more than 1,500 times reference to Allah and the ilah, more than any other entity referred to. So we have no excuse in being confused. We need to accept this aspect that there is physicality, there is an aspect of this world, there is transiency, there are all of these pluralities, and yet there is oneness. Our deen has brought back in a most clear fashion the Abrahamic message of there is one creator, the source of all creation. Wherever you turn is his manifestation. Every ruh, every light is a flash or a spark of that original, ever-going, continuous, boundless, timeless, divine light. So this God-centricity, if you like, that the deen of Islam brought also clarified a lot of issues that became a little bit confused. Take, for example, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ اللَّهُ الصَّمَدٌ لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ So it clarified a lot of issues who is born from Allah, who is returning, who is... And all of these other humanly imposed imaginals onto the zone of the sacred. So we know now clearly that you cannot define and contain he who contains everything, he who has defined everything. But we can have an understanding of it. That, for example, there are these teachings and traditions before also the advent of our glorious prophet that in Allah khalaqa Adam ala shakilatihi. So Allah has created Adam like him. Like him in what? How can you be like God? But you know Allah's attributes. You know Allah's power. You know Allah's qudra. You know Allah's knowledge. Al-alim. So you like to have that. You like to have ilm. Each one of us likes to have power, likes to have wealth, likes to be the inheritor. But Allah is huwal warith. So we love to have aspects of these attributes. We know all of the divine attributes and we like to have a bit of them. Allah as sabur. You and I consider sabur as a good virtue. So this is how we can reflect aspects, if you like, of the divine qualities or attributes. Now, we have a very wonderful if you like, mapping of all of these from the Qur'an. We have certain names that reflect the divine essence. They are pure in the sense of being attributed to the one and only creator of it all. Al-Ali. You can't share in that. Al-Azim. Al-Quddus. Al-Aziz. Kabir, Al-Haq, Al-Ahad, and on and on. These are attributes of an essence. And Allah is the essence of everything. So they are, if you like, exclusive to Allah. Then you have other attributes of qualities. 
which we all love to share. And in Allah's generosity, we can share in them a bit for a certain time. Al-Kareem, you can be a bit generous sometime. Al-Mujib, you can answer somebody if you can hear it. But Allah is Al-Mujib. You know, so you and I are in a tiny little way can practice having some of these virtues. Al-Basir, he who sees. Al-Sami'a, he who hears. That's why we spend a lot of time and effort to try and maintain our eyesight, our hearing ability. And then Al-Mateen, Al-Wadud, Al-Rashid, all of these are attributes which we like to have a bit of. And we like to be generous. We like to be responding and all of them. Then you have the names of Af'al, Asma'ul Af'al. These are attributes of actions. Al-Razzaq. Allah is who Al-Razzaq? The provider. But you too like to play the role of the provider of the family or the provider for your family, for the children. And then you have Al-Khaliq, Al-Mumit, Al-Muhyi, Al-Jama, Al-Badi. So we can sometimes be also criminals in causing death. (laughs) Because it's it's an attribute of the divine. You and I are not supposed to partake in such things unless it is an aspect of, of human, if you like, stability. And a judgment is pa- passed upon someone that he is now have to be given the qasas of maut, then we... So you are really acting as a vice-regent, acting at best as a steward of Allah. But according to lines and defined aspects of sharia, you can't fool around of causing death and causing hardship and causing al-basit al So there are aspects, few of these attributes that we love to partake in. Others are exclusive to Allah. Then, of course, there are other categorization of the divine names or the divine qualities, such as the names that are jamalis, to do with beauty, to do with softness, to do with ease. And these include, for example, Rahman, As-Salam, Al-Kareem, Al-Ra'uf, all of these fit in within Jamal. They are to do with gentleness. And then there are the Jalali names. They are the majestic names. Al-Jabbar, Al-Qahar, Al-Qawi, Al-Mani, Al-Dhar, Al-Mateen, and so on and so forth. So I'm trying to share with you that the divine qualities of Allah Azza wa Jal can fit in within numerous different categories. And the scholars amongst us, this from time immemorial, have spent a lot of time trying to see all of these wonderful, like, if you like, rainbows. The light is one. From the same light, come all of these infinite colors and rainbows. And then we became, if you like, very much intrigued and very much taken by the tradition that says, to Allah belongs 99 names. Whoever recites them or whoever knows them, whoever absorbs them will enter the garden. And this was propagated by certain 
great Muslim scholars, including uh, earlier ones from the time of the Prophet and until we have the more famous ones. And then it became more and more calligraphic. You find a lot of this written, the 99 names of Allah. The Quran describes 127 clearly defined names. And there are many more, double names, you know. And there are many, many more that are not clearly stipulated in the Quran. So there are not only 99, but if you know 99, you're at least on the way to truly being awestruck by Allah's greatness, Allah's presence. So these are called, if you like, the Asma al-Husna. And the Quran reminds us, وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءِ الْحُسْنَى The most beautiful names belong to Allah Azza wa Jal. Now it comes to us seeing the one behind them. And this is what is called as Tawheed al-Af'al. And then Tawheed al-Af'al means unifying the actions, the names that indicate actions. And then Tawheed al-Sifat, unifying that which will bring together all of these attributes. And then Tawheed al-Dhat, those which refer to the essence, are all of them are also connected and united in the dot that has moved to create all of this creation by the kun fayakun of Allah Azza wa Jal. Now, in the Tawheed of Af'al, if you and I want to truly take refuge in Allah Azza wa Jal through actions, then take refuge in His forgiveness and from also the afflictions that will come through punishment. So take refuge in Allah's forgiveness, which He promises us in the Quran that my rahmah wasi'at kulli shay. His rahmah, His mercy encompasses everything. And then take refuge in His mercy from His anger. And then you find all of the attributes have unified in that dot. And take refuge in Him from Him when it comes to the essence. Take, the Prophet ﷺ often said that. I take refuge in Allah from him, from his manifestations, from his creations. So now we know that, Call upon a shafi when you need shifa, when you need healing. Call upon al-wafi when you are beginning to accumulate. Call upon al-mu'afi. Call upon... Al-Azim, call upon Al-Jaleel, call upon any of the name that is appropriate for you to re-enter that unity and that inner contentment. Then it comes to the numerous definitions of where is Allah? How does Allah function? We have Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Allahu la ilaha illahu al-hayyu al-qayyum, Ayatul Kursi, which we recite all the time. لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض. So to Allah belongs whatever there is in heavens and earth. So whatever you and I are trying to accumulate, to get, to collect, it belongs to Allah. At best you are a guardian of it for a little while. Because how many years are we going to live? So you know that whatever there is seen and unseen belongs to, to the creator of it. You and I and us are here only to learn how to glorify the Creator. Because he says, 
وما خلقت الجن والانس الا ليعبدون. So we must learn how to adore the creator whose creation is constantly changing, fluxing. If it is energy, it becomes matter. Then if it is matter, it will yield back to its energy. Pure energy is looking for a way for it to assert itself within time and space and appear as matter. And matter is caught energy for a little while until it's released again. And so on and on and on. So the whole thing is an interchange, an exchange between energy and matter, seen and unseen, entity and a moving energetic reality, and so on. So we can't fix it. You know, you can't. Wherever you turn is a manifestation of Allah. And Allah is forever beyond time and space, and you and I will experience this life as a beginning and an end. All of us will taste mawt. All of us will taste death. Now, in the Quran, again, regarding death, you have two main ways of being described. One is mawt, which is repeated in the Quran, and the other one is wafat. Allah describes this earth was dead. It means it had no soul. So mawt is the anything that acknowledges that it is with a soul. So you and I will taste death as the soul leaves us. And the other one, wafat, is that which has a soul. You know, the earth is described, it was dead. It had no soul. You know, until the life began to come into it after its creation. So then we have also other descriptions of Allah Azza wa Jal. كُلُّ يَوْمٍ هُوَ فِي شَانٍ Yawm is a day or a period of time or an instant in time. At every instant, that essence appears to you and I and to creation in a format, in a manner. It can be Jalali, it can be Jamali, it can be all of that. So you can't pin it down. You can't, you and I are defined within time and space. Allah is not defined within time and space. He is the creator of time and space and the giver of life and energy to time and space. So that is why I said earlier we must always realize that it is bain a bain between similarities and incomparabilities. You know, Allah knows us. We can at best know his qualities, his attributes, his messages, his messengers, his prophets. So then Allah Azza wa Jal describes to us most eloquent way. Allah Nuru Samawati wal Ard Mathur Nurihi Kamishkatin Fiha Misbah. He is the light of heavens and earth. Entire existence is based on light. It is light and then it is energy and matter. That's what there is. And this can only manifest if there is this illusion of space time. We're all created within space-time. So this wonderful ayah describes also the story of humankind. It is that each one of us is like a mishkat. We have a corner, which is our heart. And in it there is the light. What is the light within us is the nur of Allah, which we call ruh. And they ask, 
يسألونك عن الروح قل الروح من أمر ربي الرسول in the Quran says ونفخت فيه من روحي I blew into him from my soul so the cosmic soul the divine soul Allah's ruh blew into us that entity which will carry on after death which is the ruh so we have an amazing cosmology although you and I consider ourselves limited and subjected to space and time and life and death and birth and death there is an aspect that carries on beyond and that is our ruh and then Allah Azza wa Jal describes the story of creation and ongoingness. Allah الذي جعل لكم الأرض قرارا والسماء بناء وصوركم فأحسن صوركم صوركم. He created you and fashioned you and made you perfect in that. ورزقكم من الطيبات and gave you goodnesses as part of your provisions. That's why we all the time seek goodness. Goodness is it good for me? Is it good for my body? Is it good for my mind? Is it good for my heart? Allah. That is who Allah is. He who has created us and given us this program of wanting to choose the best for ourselves. Rabbakum. That is who Allah is, your, your Lord. So we can talk a lot about rububiyya. We can talk a lot about tarbiyya. And that is why as a father, as a mother, as, as a brother, we all are responsible for bringing up the new generation. Bringing up as what? People who realize they are here for a short while, but they will carry on after death into another zone that time is not the same as this time. It is prolonged until the end of the end, and then it is called infinite because it doesn't exist anymore as a measure. It is khuld. It's another name of Allah, al-khalid. He who is forever, beyond time and space. So this amazing divine tradition that kuntu kanzan makhfiyan fa'ahbabtu an'araf, I was a hidden treasure and I loved to be known and thus I created. What is this treasure? What is the treasure that Allah is referring to? I was a treasure, and I loved to be known. A treasure is the bliss and the perfection of eternal joy. It is that joy that has no cause, that has no beginning and no end. And that is why when we have in the numerous teachings of the Prophet that Allah has created human beings for permanent joy. Therefore, whenever we are angry, whenever we are upset, whenever we are in all of these other things, it is an existential issue. It is a worldly matter. It is not a heavenly issue. It is not about Jannah. The Jannah is here already. The garden is also here. It's a state. But because you and I are caught in space and time, we try to measure everything in space and time. Is he near? Allah says, I am nearer to you than nearness. So when it comes to heavenly issues, we cannot use worldly measures of how far is he? How near is he? How, how far is the garden? It is not subject to time and space. It is a state. If your state is that of contentment, joyfulness, abandonment, realizing your nothingness, then the garden is near. 
Allah Azzawajal says, and the garden is so close for those who are in taqwa, who know that nothing belongs to them. All of it belongs to Allah, and we are at best renting it for a short while and returning it. But then the ruh carries on into another zone of upbringing. Here we have the upbringing of parents, the upbringing of society, the upbringing of day-to-day struggle for survival, for health, for wealth, for all. But then there is another upbringing to do with abandonment, giving up the self, because you know all of it belongs to Allah, and Allah wanted to be known. Allah has created us in order to be glorified. When he says, I've only created you to be glorifying me. It doesn't mean we ignore our earthly duties, but do not make that as your all-consuming, constant 24 hours. Allah has created you for recognition, for tasting eternal joy. If you get a glimpse of it, then you need more of it until you realize he who has created you and I is the giver of it. And then for you, life and death does not matter because you really know it is about eternal joy, which is an attribute of a gift that Allah wanted to gift us, that it is permanent, eternal. That is why in the Quran also it says, and those who are in the garden, they say, Rabbana atmim lana nuruna. O our Lord, complete for us the light. So it's a step. And also it says, هَذَا مَا أُوْتِينَا مِنْ قَبْلِ People in the garden, they say, Oh Lord, we have been given this before. Meaning you have tasted an aspect of the garden. But then soon somebody else shouts and so on and you forget it. Or something, or the bill comes through the door. So there is a disturbance. But you and I and every one of us, every human being, all the children of Adam, have been created in order to practice accessing joy. And that comes by abandonment of everything else. La ilaha, no, 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 no. Until when you are in the state of nothingness, clarity, then you are at the edge of bliss. So this is the description, if you like, or the numerous ways we have been shown the way to Allah Azawajal. So we have a very rich, incredibly deep and wide, if you like, map in the Quran, accessing how do you get to get away from everything else and you are likely to be closer to the maker of everything else. So we have the map and we have the description of it and we now know that it is is another wonderful ayah. The seven heavens, the seven layers of the unseen, of the cosmologies, are in glorification, are in resonance with their program as they've been designed. Well, earth, also the, heaven, the seven layers of the earth, they're all performing their duty وَمَنْ فِيهِنَّ And everything that is in them. وَإِنْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ There is nothing ever unless it's glorifying His glory. 
you and I are glorifying here and there, everywhere. If you want wealth, you're glorifying Al-Ghani. If you want knowledge, you're glorifying Al-Alim. You're you're all glorifying whatever action we take. So Allah says there is nothing in existence unless it's glorifying. وَلَكِنْ لَا تَفْقَهُونَ تَسْبِيحَهُمْ But you do not fully understand the way they are glorifying. (laughs) That is all. The mother, when she is giving birth, she's glorifying, she's completely attached to this newborn. She is glorifying Al-Khaliq, she's glorifying Al-Baqi, she's... But the husband doesn't understand because you and I are not being given that aspect. Maybe just as well. I don't think we could have done a good job of it. So everything in existence is glorifying Allah, but Allah says, but you do not fully understand the way they are glorifying him. But he's all forgiving and he is nothing other than clemency and compassion. So we have the most wonderful description, wonderful, if you like, atlas to live well, to be in this world, but not fully overtaken and fully, if you like, absorbed by the worldly matters. Be in this world, but not of this world. Don't deny anything that exists, but more than everything else, uphold the maker of everything that exists, and he has fashioned it in a most perfect way. Then you begin to see perfection. And wherever you are, whoever you are, you will see perfect upon perfect upon perfect, nurun ala nur. In every situation, when it is you are winning, you see perfection. When you are losing, you see perfection. Because you see, wala ghaliba illallah. No winner except Allah. No victory. So you will be on the wave band of victory rather than one day losing, one day gaining. One minute you've got it, one minute it's got you. And the way to that is stop accumulating in your heart. Stop acquiring in your heart. Be free. See who has acquired you, who has created you. If you see that, then you begin to see whatever experience you see before it, Allah's message, within it, Allah's message, after it, Allah's message. So then you are truly, in every way, have been cornered in the sacredness of the divine presence. I pray to Allah Azza wa Jal to make us worthy of our deen, to make us worthy of our Qur'an, to make us live our Qur'an, to be amongst those who remind us all the time of what matters, to be with the mu'mins, to be with the Muslims, to be with the muhsins. سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين